Mental health diagnosis as social currency. I'm Scott Ott with Stephen Green and Zoe Rachel. And this episode of Right Angle is brought to you by the members at BillWhittle.com. Bill is at an undisclosed location, which is always true. It's just that this time we don't know what that location (laughs) is either. Along with the rest of the world, ladies and gentlemen, um, we have a story out of the Wall Street Journal, gentlemen, about uh, teenagers who are diagnosing themselves with such conditions as, and I'm going to refer to my notes here, borderline personality disorder, bipolar disorder, multiple personality disorder, and dissociative identity disorder. All of these conditions are exceedingly rare in the general population. Uh, The highest one is estimated to affect about 1.4% of the population, and most of them would be fewer than 1% of the population would have these conditions. However, 600 to 700 million people have viewed videos with the hashtags borderline personality disorder or dissociative identity disorder on TikTok. And teenagers, Stephen Green, are thinking that they've got these conditions. In some cases, they're showing up in mental health professionals' offices and announcing to the doctor that, in fact, they have these conditions that are exceedingly rare. Um, Steve, the doctors are trying to be sensitive to them. And at the same time, they realize that the real condition they're suffering from is adolescence. Now, Stephen, you have a a teenager who just turned 16 and you've got another one close on his heels. Um, How do you cope as a parent if you've got a kid who, uh, in the theoretical world, you've got a kid who's watching all this social media evidence that they've got something severely wrong with them uh, and you know it isn't. How would you handle that? Well, number one, I keep them off social media. Full stop. Um, he's got an iPhone. He's got an iPad. He's got a kid account, which means mom and dad control what accounts go on there. And uh, let me back this up a sec, and then I'll get to my actual point. Um, I've always believed, and I, be- I believed this before I became a dad, and I gave it a lot of thought. My parenting examples were, were not the greatest. And so I gave it a lot of thought before I said, do I really want to get married and have kids? And I thought, well, what do you have to do to be a good parent? And I came up with really only uh, 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 four things. And the fourth one I kind of tacked on at the end is sort of an obvious thing. The uh, three main things are... Uh, Uh, Teach them to think critically and for themselves, uh, set a good example, and pray for the best. And then the fourth one, the one that I thought was so self-evident that I didn't need to say it, was love them to death. They're your kids. They need that. Um, And that's what Melissa and I have tried to do. Not always successfully, life is hard. Parenting is really hard. But we try to do that every day, especially by setting a good example. But Scott, what you reminded me of is uh, Gen X, and I'm Gen Xer myself, born in 1969. I wrote a thing years ago that Gen Xers were the first generation to be more concerned with the opinions of their peers than with the opinions of their parents. And the reason was mostly we were the first generation where divorce had become very common and where uh, two working parents had also become very common. So you had kids coming home after school with uh, no parents there. And we're looking after ourselves a lot. And and hanging out with our friends more during those important hours. And it was just a natural consequence of these of this situation that we would be more concerned with what our, our peers thought than, than with what our parents thought. And you add that to the normal inclination of teenage rebellion, which is just the most natural thing in the world. And you end up with uh, 
an interesting set of circumstances. Um, now, it's not just the peers in your in your neighborhood or at your school. It's hundreds of millions of people around the world. And uh, I got to tell you, I think TikTok in particular is absolute poison. Uh, number one, it's communist. It's uh, Chinese Communist Party spyware uh, that just uploads all this stuff to Beijing. And we have no control about that. Say, remember when everyone thought Donald Trump was crazy for wanting to put a stop to TikTok? Hmm. Um, it's it is owned by a Chinese company called ByteDance. Yes. Mm. And there, uh, as with any Chinese tech company of any importance, there's a CCP member on the on the board of the company. This is just the way things are run in, in mainland communist China. Much rather do business with the good Chinese people of the Republic of China on Taiwan. That said, um, it's not just the spyware element. It is the destabilization element. TikTok's algorithm highlights the absolute worst and most troubled individuals and broadcasts that to kids who might not be particularly troubled, but are young people without enough guidance, without enough good examples being taught, without enough critical thinking being taught, who see this stuff and go, yeah, that could be me, because they don't have these examples, because they haven't been given these critical thinking skills. TikTok is absolute poison. I would rather give my kids actual trace amounts of arsenic than let them on that network. So, Rachel, it occurred to me in reading this story that the uh, original founders of what came to be known as the World Wide Web were very hopeful because they thought the dispersion of knowledge would provide distinct advantages to the people of the world. In other words, a lot of these people were scientists and academics, and they thought, wouldn't it be great if you could tap into the best thinking and learning on any particular subject at a, in a moment's notice and get real solid scientific information about anything that you wanted. But on TikTok, what we're seeing is that it's really hard for some um, academic paper or scientist giving a lecture to compete with someone who's telling a personal story in two or three minutes max, uh, sometimes much less, and is telling this personal story that says, I have this condition. Here are the symptoms I have. If you have these symptoms, you probably have it too. Uh, so is there any way that the internet can be redeemed from this disease of personal story uh, taking precedence over actual knowledge and information? And I put this alongside of the fact that I just read that in 2021, Google was displaced as the number one website in the world by TikTok, man, I re I reckon that the 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 forefather or the founding fathers of of the internet probably getting a little you know they would have a little taste of how the founding fathers of the country felt. It's like, hey man, when <laughs> we <laughs> when we drafted this thing, this is what y'all are doing isn't quite what we had in mind, you know. Uh, you know, the, the, you know, a republic if you can keep it, if you will. Uh, and with the internet. It's kind of like this this other frontier, this cyber frontier, if you will, that, uh, you know, you can make the best and most of it and you could do some wonderful things. But uh, I, I think you guys are kind of missing the point of of the development of what you could actually, you know, this personal development. But a hey, personal development can mean anything to anybody. You know, you have the freedom to decide what per this personal development is. And these people are thinking they're doing it and they're really woke or they are making some sort of advancement in their own uh, pursuits 
uh, their ideological pursuits or, or, or whichever. And uh, I mean, yeah, it speaks volumes that uh, I mean, we had a generation where it was like you wanted some information, you Google it. Right. And and I saw, man, that was red flags to me even back then, man, as, as I've said before. You know, it almost be it, Google is like the gatekeeper to the Tower of Babylon. You know, it's it's on this. We're like basically speaking one language again. We're speaking this binary code. And what are we using this global communication for that we can all speak in one language with? We're using it to become more disassociated with each other and, and disillusioned about things, um, you know. But with this right now, this this far uh, this um, kids being able to diagnose themselves man they've been doing that it's called farm parties yeah <laughs> they go ahead and they, they get into their parents stash and they go to these farm parties and they self-medicate for whatever it is that they can think that they have that they want to escape from is what they've been doing and uh but yeah in, in this age of where uh you know you can believe in yourself and you can be anything that you want to be well i'm gonna be my own personal doctor and i'll go ahead and diagnose myself uh hey but you have people are saying that well, actually, you know, we don't think you should be trying to diagnose it. So well, why not? Didn't you just tell these kids that they can determine their own gender? So where does this where does this line stop? You know, or or if they can go ahead and give themselves any sort of arbitrary cause of why they behave a certain way. Well, we told them we, we've been doing this for a long time that uh, we gave them excuses of why they're behaving the way that they do. We'll chalk it up to some sort of diagnosis. See, there's something clinically wrong with them or something like that. You know, and, and before they've really had the life experience to, to have that kind of effect on them to say that, yeah, you know what? You might actually need some help for this. But right now you 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 a kid whose hormones are going wild and stuff like that. But you want you want to feel better because or you want your parents to feel better. Parents want to feel better and just say, no, my kid just has a condition. Condition. You know, so, you know, it's the same thing as it uh, uh, kind of some cop out with with the weather. You know, it's like, well, it's actually not heating up. It's getting colder. Well, that's what happens with global warming. Things get cooler. And so we need to find something else to call it just to cover all the bases. <laughs> and they're doing the same thing with this. Well, we just need to find like something to cover all the bases of why we really don't know how to contend with what these kids are going through. You know, it reminds me of when uh, many years ago, I had a friend uh, whose mother, a single mom, was overjoyed uh, when a doctor told her that the reason why her son uh, was so unruly was because of food coloring, um, mm. that there was food coloring <laughs> in his food. And so uh, then he was put on this, you know, uh, uneatable diet of... <laughs> Was it lead-based food coloring? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not clear. Um, but I realized at that time, and I was still a teenager at that time, I thought she just wants to have something to blame this on that has nothing to do with her. She doesn't want to acknowledge that it's a struggle as a single mom to raise a kid. And I may have made some mistakes and maybe it's a mistake even for me to be in this single state. And maybe I have some accountability for it. and Maybe I don't. But there are so many parents are so eager to find a reason to excuse away what's going on with their kids. And then we have the teenagers who are being raised in this same atmosphere who are on TikTok and they think something's wrong with them. Well, uh, if there is a single teenager left watching this show after all this boomer <laughs> chatter, um, I, let me just say this. When I was a teenager, 
I thought something was wrong with me too. <laughs> I, I was constantly going through times Shame. when I'm thinking, what the heck is wrong with me? <laughs> and there is, there was no internet, you know, we had encyclopedias and it wasn't really easy to go to an encyclopedia in a bound volume and search through, you know, <laughs> after the information about what causes volcanoes to somehow find out, you know, what's wrong with me. And so we just didn't know and of course, our parents at that point are not running us off to a psychologist unless something was really severely wrong. And frankly, they had seen teenagers before and didn't feel like they needed to take us to a psychologist. So I, I guess what I'm saying is this. If you're a teenager and you're watching this, um, there is something wrong with you. You're a human. <laughs> that comes with a whole basket of mess that you just have to deal with. <laughs> And um, that's, you know, that's a, a product of a very early decision that was made among people who share our humanity to decide that they wanted to kind of make it up as they went along. And so they rejected any kind of guidance beyond their own capabilities and said, you know what, let's just see if we can figure this thing out on our own. So yeah, we're humans, we're broken, we're sinful creatures, we do stupid things, we don't know what's going on, we're finite, our intelligence is limited, and we're not going to figure it out. But that's okay. That's not something that's wrong with you. It doesn't require a diagnosis. Putting a name on it is not going to cure it. Now, there are some legitimate chemical problems with people's bodies. There are heart problems and there are kidney problems and there are lung problems. And yes, there are brain problems, but it's a very, very tiny percentage of humanity. And just because everybody on the internet is talking about it, doesn't mean you have it. There's a reason why everybody on the internet is talking about it. It's because TikTok and other social media streaming services have figured out what you'll watch and they will give you as much of that as you will possibly take. And you then begin to believe the whole world is like this. Everybody has this. I probably have this. Hundreds of millions of people watching videos about conditions that a very tiny fraction of the public is, even has. Teenagers aren't the only ones susceptible to this. I know many adults who have gone into the business of being medical professionals, diagnosing their conditions because somebody on Facebook has something and it sounds something like what I have. And so therefore that must be the problem. All of this is basically just a call for sanity and to chill out. Now, what they recommend, uh, the medical health professionals say, number one, if your teenager comes to you and is concerned that they may have one of these disorders, that you should listen, not be disrespectful, not slap them down, you know, just be gracious um, that it might be advisable to take a break from TikTok or from other kinds of social media. And if you're in this condition yourself, you will find that TikTok is not going to take its boot off your throat. And so what you may need to do, if you're even going to continue using TikTok, is to create an entirely new account on TikTok and only like things on TikTok or share things on TikTok that are positive and uplifting. And if something comes up that was part of that previous, you know, mental health disorder uh, issue, you should say, I do not want to see more of this. And they will stop feeding you more of this. It may take a while, but it will eventually happen. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's, you know, we're, we are somewhat um, facetious about some of this stuff, but I know this stuff hurts. Yeah. I know it hurts teenagers. I know it hurts parents. I know it's agonizing to watch your kids suffer. Um, teenagers, you need to understand that 
we geezers went through it too. And adults, <laughs> adults, you need to remember, you geezer, that you went through it too and have a little grace. For Zoe Rachel and Stephen Green, I'm Scott Ott. Thanks for watching Right Angle. 